I'm sure somewhere there is a boring guy named Jose. Uh, but for people who are not Spanish speaking or are not from an exciting or uh, uh, Latin, for lack of a better term, Spanish speaking part of the world, it seems like guys like Jose bring nothing but excitement. I don't want to generalize or cast, uh, typecast or, 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 or paint with a broad brush here, but I included that Buck Martinez clip off the top because that's the kind of reaction that Jose Bautista seems to elicit. Uh, the paroxysms of pleasure as Buck Martinez uh, loses himself in the moment of a huge home run off the bat of Jose Bautista. And of course, today, Sunday, September 25th, the baseball world was shaken by the death of Jose Fernandez. Uh, 24 years old. There were tributes that just came in from, from every corner of the game, every person who covers the game, who plays the game, who watches the game. Uh, everyone had something more uh, positive to say about Jose Fernandez, uh, people that don't know him. Uh, the, the strangest thing for me is the way that I know the way that I reacted and I spent much of today uh, reacting, which was curiously strong, my reaction. And I don't think I'm alone in that. I saw that in friends, in like private messages, and in pe other uh, people who obviously do not self-identify as, as Marlins fans, people who didn't watch a lot of Jose Fernandez starts. Uh, everyone seemed to echo, uh, everyone in this bubble of people who take fun and games seriously lost something significant today. There's just something ab about some people um, who, who live life the way I think that many of us wish that we could live our lives um, to be so supremely talented, but also um, from the looks of it, so fundamentally good and joyful and exuberant and to have been through um, so much, so much more than than those of us who are today uh, saddened, uh, profoundly saddened by the loss uh, of Jose Fernandez. Uh, of course, if you haven't heard, he died in a, in a boating accident in Miami overnight. Uh, and then, as I, as I said, there was a moment of silence before the Blue Jays game. Um, many teams, especially those with, with Cuban players, um, had the clubhouse, uh, their clubhouse attendants uh, mock up uh, number 16 Fernandez jerseys for their team that were then displayed in the dugout. Um, you know, Yasiel Puig crying in a pregame scrum. Yuena Cespedes showing incredible emotion. David Ortiz uh, crying uh, on the field during a moment of silence uh, after he asked the Rays to cancel the, their plans to honor him uh, for his great career. It's just something that... Uh, I can't explain, but but the explanation is is obvious. Um, that that people who 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 seek who who flock to baseball, who who use baseball as an outlet for their passions and for a healthy way for us to uh, vent our emotions, um, uh, not built for this. Um, it's just something that feels significantly wrong and very 
very sad. Uh, and I, again, I, it's it's obvious why, but I, I can't. I'm still surprised and taken aback by my own reaction, and I, I don't want to speak for too many other people, but I know that I'm not alone. So this episode of Birds All Day goes out to the family of Jose Fernandez and anyone who is listening and feeling those unexpectedly large feelings about a guy they've never met, because I think that's um, something that that when we watch baseball or we, we share in these moments with strangers, um, I think we're sharing in that a different kind of moment uh, today uh, over social media or you're watching videos on your phone, whatever it might be. So this one goes out to everybody. Uh, so yeah, most importantly, the family, the young, growing family of Jose Fernandez, his friends, the Cuban, the Cuban community, and uh, everybody who loves baseball is worse off today. In the name of distractions, the Toronto Blue Jays provided an amazing distraction today and all weekend long, taking on the, the New York Yankees getting back and down to business as uh, as we've got to do. Uh, the Jays have now won three in a row and five of six, uh, other than the extra inning game in Seattle. Uh, the Jays are, uh, quite frankly, they're sitting pretty. At the trading deadline, I had my eye on these series against the Yankees where it looked like the Yankees were going to be in full re- rebuild mode. They had stripped down their roster. There wasn't much left. They were missing Rodriguez. They made all those trades out of the bullpen. You got to think these are big wins. These are huge opportunities to face a team that's that's not playing well. And suddenly the Yankees started to play well, and of course they had that huge series in New York where the Jays got swept. But now fast forward to this weekend, and it's the Yankees that look every bit the feeble, rebuilding, kind of in between places club, and it's the Jays who are benefiting from it. It's the Jays who who come out having won three in a row, looking to sweep a four game set. Tomorrow, today, depending on when you listen to it, this, uh, this of course, uh, this mini-episode of Birds All Day, which we're doing every Sunday through the rest of the regular season. Uh, my name is Drew Fairservice. I haven't mentioned that already. Uh, Stoughton and I, we do this show every week, and now we're doing two a week here, again, during the stretch run, uh, because it's important, because there's lots of stuff to talk about. There's all kinds of uh, uh, big news, and, and by the time we come around to Thursday, the kind of weekend stuff has faded away, but especially after a weekend like this, it's really important to reflect and then also look forward uh, to what's coming as uh, the regular season games are are dwindling. There's not that many left. What are we looking at? Six games? It's crazy. Can't believe the season's almost over. But it's not actually almost over because the Blue Jays are gonna are looking well positioned to get into that 162 plus zone, which is uh, where they expected to be when the season started. If you want to go to the Patreon, go ahead. Um, I'll just say that uh, last episode of Birds All Day, the full episode, Stoughton and I talked about what we were drinking. We compared cans of beer. Uh, not drinking beer tonight, that's for sure. So uh, go to Patreon, go to iTunes, do whatever. Uh, today doesn't really matter. But uh, the baseball games, they roll on, and and because of it, it, it does provide that distraction from disappointment and heartbreak that uh, the real world serves up all too often. So when it comes and, and bleeds into baseball, it really it kind of throws us all for a loop. But anyway, moving on, we'll talk a little bit about this series with the Yankees, who are bad. I think it's important to remember uh, Joe Girardi, who is sometimes a good manager and, and 
Again, something that Stoughton and I discussed on the on the full episode this week was bullpen management. Girardi has a good reputation, statistically looks good according to metrics. But intentionally walking the middle of the Jays' order on two different occasions so far in three days has uh, come back to bite him, I think is safe to, uh, safe to say. Uh, intentionally walking Edwin Encarnacion to get to Bautista. Intentionally walking Josh Donaldson to get to Encarnacion here on Sunday. Uh, over two, Joe, suck it, Girardi, frankly. Maybe you make a few more mound visits, make a few more changes in the bullpen. It's not so easy when you don't have Mariano Rivera or Andrew Miller or Aroldo Chapman back there, is it, now, Joe? Anyway, Yankees are done. They're cooked. Forget them. It's all about moving on. So we're going to talk a little bit on this uh, mini-episode about... The pitching rotation, the postseason pitching rotation, because we're looking optimistically. And uh, and we'll talk maybe a little bit about Jose Bautista, who's very good. And we'll do some questions. I've got a bunch of questions and people that have posed queries on Twitter.com, where you can always find me at uh, Drew, Drew Groff, G-R-O-F, or uh, you can find Stoughton at, uh, at, at Andrew Stoughton. And, of course, you can get birds all day on Facebook as well. Uh but yeah, so we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to come back, talk about all that stuff, and so much more on this already weird edition of Birds All Day. All right, so that was weird, but uh, we must move on. And, of course, we must thank uh, Fucked Up for silently allowing me to use the song in the podcast. Um, Silently in that I didn't ask. Um, But if they tell me to stop, then I will. But it's time to talk about the Blue Jays now, after that uh, very, very odd and uh, scattered introduction. So the big thing I think everyone wants to talk about right now is the rotation. Because uh, the Blue Jays rotation is ridiculous? Question mark? The Jays are kind of spoiled for choice when you look at the starting rotation. The Aaron Sanchez shutdown uh, you know, has been managed to the, the utmost, I think. And anyone who listened, who, who knows my position on that, was probably knows that I'm probably, I, I feel pretty good about the way that the shutdown's been handled, provided, of course, that all information and uh, due precaution has been taken. But the Blue Jays have five starting pitchers and presumably would only use four of them in a playoff series. So the question becomes, who are the starters in a given playoff rotation? Uh, A few questions that came on Twitter had to do with who starts the wildcard game, I believe, and I I know Stoughton mentioned it previously, uh, on Thursday, that uh, 
it sets up that Aaron Sanchez would start the any potential wild card game. The, the wild card game being the way the Blue Jays are getting to the playoffs. They're not they're not going to catch the Red Sox because no, well, someone might catch the Red Sox in the playoffs, but not in the regular season. They uh, they look too good right now. But that's not that's another concern, another heart attack for another day. For now, we're thinking, who's the four? So if you have Sanchez start a wild card game, presuming you win, now you have to pick between Marco Estrada, Jay Happ, Marcus Stroman, and Francisco Liriano. You got to pick three of those guys to partner with Sanchez, uh, assuming that Sanchez would probably get start in game three of a five-game series. I think that's safe to say. So Hap is a shoe-in because he's been so good. And if you can set it up such that Jay Hap starts game one of a playoff series, you feel pretty good. But then what? you got to figure that Marco Estrada is kind of in because he was so good in the playoffs last season. He was so good as a starter last season. And he's so good as a starter this season. He was good today, Sunday, against the Yankees. But so was Marcus Stroman. He was so good against the Yankees on Saturday. And so was Francisco Liriano, who was so good on Friday against the Yankees. So there's one common element here, and that's the trash Yankees. It, it's, it's a nice problem to have. And I think if, if you asked me, I think it really depends on who the Blue Jays play in a potential five-game series or seven-game series. Looking around at the rest of the AL playoff teams, um, I mean, I look at, I kind of, you can't really look at the Orioles because the Jays and Orioles aren't going to play in a playoff series. They're going to play one game. And as confident as we are that Aaron Sanchez starts that game, maybe a little food for thought. The Orioles are the worst offense in the American League this year against left-handed pitching, which does not make any sense whatsoever. They have an 83 one rated weighted runs created plus, which is 100 being average. They are a worse team against left-handed pitching than the Yankees, than the A's, than the Twins, and the Astros. If you can explain it, go ahead, take a shot. You could take a million guesses and you'd never think, oh, that's because Mark Trumbo, who's very good, can do nothing against lefties this year. He has a... 631 OPS against left-handed pitching. Big right-handed slugger. Leading the American League in home runs. Can't touch lefties. His W his weighted runs created plus is 60. Adam Jones, right-handed hitter, has a 310 slugging percentage against left-handed pitching this year. So maybe if it's the Orioles that the Jays are facing, maybe you consider starting hat. I don't know. But then when you look into a longer series, not against the Orioles, you throw the Red Sox away. You can't play matchups with the Red Sox. That's just not going to happen. Sure, they have a lot of right-handed hitters, but so did the Blue Jays last year, and I don't think anyone would be worried was worried or thinking they had a real edge because they had a right-handed starter going against that marauding offense that has come back to earth a little bit, of course, in 2016. You look at the Rangers. Rangers are very equal in terms of their production this year, lefty versus right. 
who's the who's the Rangers' best hitter? It's got to be Beltre. They got they have Beltran, who of course is a switch hitter. Um, Rugi Odor hits for, hitting for all that power from the left side. One thing to consider with the Rangers is the way that they've struggled against flyball pitchers and finesse pitchers, which obviously points to Marco Estrada, who oddly, again, I, I kind of dismiss it, the idea of, of leaving Estrada out, but some before his start today wondered about his health, wonder if that might make him the odd guy out. I'll say this, I'm really tempted to want to keep Francisco Liriano in the rotation because I love his swing and miss, because I love that he throws from the left side, because he has those days where... When it's right, you can't touch him. With Marcus Stroman, you don't know when suddenly that two-seamer is going to get flat and he's going to give up a massive home run to Alexis Ramirez. I think with Liriano, you're going to know right away if it's not right. He's going to be all over the map. He's going to be throwing in the other batter's box. He's not going to be able to get his fastball anywhere close to the zone and his changeup will be in the dirt. So I don't know if that's my answer. I think it might be. I think my answer might be, I want Liriano starting unless he has, he proves in his next outing or next two outings, whatever the number is, that he shouldn't be there. And it's not that I don't believe in Stroman, who's been good since he fixed his mechanics, but I think I just like what Liriano has to offer. And if that means that you can then use Stroman in the bullpen, maybe that also means that I I like the idea of Stroman in the bullpen a lot better than I do Liriano. Again, Liriano, a guy you come out and just start walking the yard. So if you bring him, him in in a not necessarily high leverage or late inning situation, but if you bring him in the sixth inning and the team is down by a couple runs for whatever reason, and suddenly, again, he starts walking, well, now you're scrambling. Lee Stroman, you know, you can know he's going to come in. He's going to throw strikes. Some of those are going to end up off the facing of the second deck sometimes, I guess. But that's a risky run. Again, with the Jays facing a wild card situation, you got to think almost for sure Sanchez in the in the wild card game, unless it's the Orioles. If it's the Orioles, I I give real hard thought to the idea of starting Jay Happ given the given the opportunity, given everyone's rest. I would I would. I would, I would do it. Frankly, me, I'm just talking. This is me talking myself into starting Jay Happ in a one-game playoff against the Orioles. And any, uh, if you remember, if you listened to Thursday's podcast, you heard me say that I want the Orioles as the Jays' ideal opponent for the wild card. Can't stress that enough. Cannot, can't get enough Orioles in the playoff game. Can't keep those goddamn Tigers far enough away from me. Get them all the way out of my face. Get me some buck. Get it all. Buck. Let's move on. Let's grab some more questions. We had a whole bunch. Thank you, everyone, who who offered a few questions. One question I heard more than once. Will the Red Sox ever lose again? I kind of touched on that. The answer, no. 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 The Red Sox will not lose again. 11 more wins or 16 wins. How many more do they need? 11 once they get to the playoffs. Once they get to the playoffs, it's uh, 11 wins. And um, just consider this a coronation and not at all a reverse reverse jinx. Uh, who should start the, pl- the start wild card game? Answer a few of those. 
A great, important question from Eric Hartman. Uh, a good dude, at Eric Hartman on Twitter. He wants to know, well, what would a Jose Bautista's opinion be uh, vis-a-vis wishing a motherfucker would? I think that we all know there is nothing Jose Mo- Bautista would like more. An important question from Dustin Parks, whose name you may know, uh, as he is the uh, the Arts and Life editor of the National Post. Good dude, so I've heard. He wants to know are certain beers better ballpark beers than others. Also, why is Coors Original so much better than Coors Light? You know why Coors Original banquet beers are better than Coors Light? It's because of uncertainty. Because you never know if you pick up a banquet beer, if it will, in fact, be cold. And to me, that kind of going into life, you know, there's no guarantees in this life. There's no, there's no certification. So you, you, you tell me that my beer is certified cold? I don't buy it. I want that wild card. I want that golden wild card full of drinkable beer. And I think that's it for, 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 ball, for ballpark beers as well. It's got to be something that you can drink that's half warm, something you can kick over and not really care about, something that's just going to, you just can quaff, you know, just bang it. Something that you can maybe jab a key into in a, uh, in a dank restroom away from prying eyes as you attempt to make the pain of the world go away with expensive beer that you may or may not have, or cheap beer that you may have smuggled in to a ballpark, which I do not condone, but let's be honest. We've all been there. A couple more questions about Jose Bautista. Of course, Jose Bautista, kind of the hero of late, hitting huge home run. Heard the call off the top. Another big home run on Sunday. Another big double to break the game open on Saturday. Obviously, my feelings about Jose Bautista are well known. But everything that you would ever be worried about has already happened this year. And as we see him sort of come back to health, we see the bat coming around, see him getting around on those inside fastballs and, and really just getting that bat head through the zone with authority in a way that maybe we didn't see when he first came back off the DL. Uh, he's still got that crazy eye and he's just, oh, he's been, been doing such an amazing job in the last few weeks and I, I've really taken note of him. Just eyeballing really borderline pitches that are balls and taking them and getting those calls. I really think he's seeing the ball well. I think that's what the, the, his ability to just draw so many walks. And again, he had some, he's had some great at-bats just taking incredible pitches that are outside of the zone, but they're so close. And to see a guy who might be, if he was a guy who was forcing, if he's a guy who was pressing and, and really trying to make something happen, he doesn't take those pitches. But he's... He's so locked into his zone, and he knows his zone, and he knows where he's, what he's looking for, and he knows what he's not looking for. Uh, that, to me, of course, fills you with confidence because that's a skill that's obviously going to age well. But you see what happens when the bat gets a little slow, and you see what happens when the body gets a little banged up, and it's really scary. Uh, again, there's some other questions that are in here about, about uh, him accepting a qualifying offer or what's he going to get. I don't know. I think that's a question for another day, but it is... There's nothing that's more encouraging and exciting than watching Jose Bautista swing the bat, swing it well, and not to say that he's put the team on his shoulders and put the team on his back and is carrying them here through September, but he looks a lot more like the guy that will go down as the greatest position player in franchise history 
uh, with all due respect to Carlos Delgado and Tony Fernandez. Um, he's just been on another level. Uh, he's amazing. And it's great. Uh, big important question uh, from, I believe, CJ. Who wants to know, when the Jays beat the Rangers in the ALCS, does the franchise implode? I think you got to say yes. I think if the Jays and the Rangers, insanely lucky, um, you know, a good team, but one that has just got every bounce and every break, uh, as they've gotten, you know, they're getting healthier and they are, they're scary. They're, that's a scary team because they can really pitch and they're a nuisance. But if they lose to the Jays at any point in this playoff run, I think that's going to be it. I, I really think that will be it for the Rangers. Um, they may have to just move the franchise. They're getting a new stadium. I don't know if they're going to be able to get the construction permits to put it at the bottom of the sea. It's worth a shot. Uh, good question from James and T.O., James G. He wants to know, uh, what the heck do you think is Gibby's sense of Cecil, Brett Cecil's role? That's a good question. Uh, I want, for John Gibbons to want, for Brett Cecil to seize an important role in the play, in that in the bullpen, at the back of the bullpen, offering that ninth inning alternative, or sorry, eighth inning or seventh inning alternative in that Grilly and Benoit mix. Um, Brett Cecil fits nicely in there if he's ready to go, if he's who he can be. But how many more times is he? Uh, are the Jays going to get burned? Or is, is John Gibbons going to get burned by going to Cecil and have it just end awfully for reasons that are almost almost entirely baseball-related? You just can't help but think that Brett Cecil's been getting a little baseball. Uh, Dave Beermaven Evans wants to know if Jose Bautista belongs in the level of, accidents, uh, level of excellence. He's the best player in franchise history, so I'm going to go with yes. He's hit some of the most important home runs, been a part of some of the the best moments in the last well twenty years, basically, considering how dark the previous regime was, the black jersey era. So yeah, level of excellence for Jose, absolutely. Steve Bernie wants to know uh, why has John Gibbon suddenly become bunt happy? I'm wondering if it's because of the kind of swooning offense of the last few weeks yeah yeah kind of bunt bunt for hits and that's what ezekiel carrera did safety squeeze to tie the game great you got a great runner on third base a good base runner and a fast base runner in in uh, melvin upton got a good bunter in big zeke take a shot why not got a you don't have to generate offense but I think it's it's nice to see guys bunting for hits and not uh, just trying to give up outs because that is, um, you know, frankly, it's no good for anybody. All right, so I think that's it. I think we've done enough of these. It's supposed to be a mini episode. I could go all night. I could go all night answering questions and blathering off and on to myself, but I won't. I'll thank you for indulging me off the top. I will thank Stoughton for indulging me on a bi-weekly basis. Thank everyone who submitted a question. Uh, apologies if we didn't get to it, and apologies if I meandered away from it. As I said off the top, the Jays are in a real good position to qualify for the postseason right now. is isn't necessarily the path that they wished to follow, but it's the one that's laid out before them. The teams, the Mariners, the Yankees, 
definitely falling off the race. It seems very likely. Even the Astros kind of losing losing pace a little bit. It's looking real likely like it's going to be the Jays against one of the Orioles or the Tigers. Of course, anything can happen. But we need to all start preparing ourselves for that incredibly stressful and yet unforgettable wild card experience. And then looking ahead to to the series that, that is to come after that, without, of course, overlooking the games yet to play. Doesn't look like the, that series in Boston is going to be the battle, pitched battle for the division, as I think many of us hoped. And I think I I think I also kind of hope that it doesn't mean it means literally nothing. I'm <laughs> I'm hoping those games. It's just a matter of positioning and jockeying from home versus away. Give them something to play for, but not having to go into Boston and beat the Red Sox. Although you know you might be getting some more uh, Benintendi's and Brock Holtz and things. Uh, who else? Some, uh, God only knows what's who's on that team right now. The, whoever they pulled up at Chris Young. Chris Young, honestly. Red Sox. God damn it. How could this have gone worse? Frankly. Sickening. All right. Have a great week. We'll talk to you on Thursday on a full episode of Birds All Day. <laughs>